0: Blasco's newsmakers. Action Live KINY. Good morning, Ken Smith in the studio with John Blasco, president of the Chamber of Commerce and the executive director, Maggie McMillan. They're veterans. They obviously have been here before.
1: Morning, Ken. <laughs> Good <are>
0: morning. <laughs> so uh, we have a big first. Let's just start off with the big event this week uh, that the chamber is holding, a special luncheon with the governor.
1: Yeah, we partnered with the Alaska State Chamber. Um, we partner with them every year to kick off a legislative fly-in, and we move our, our luncheons to downtown for session, but this first one will be at the Baronoff. It is currently, I believe, sold out, but our speaker will be Governor Dunleavy, and I have the privilege of introducing him, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, John will be with me as well uh, There's going to be about 150 people at this luncheon Because it's not just our members It's also the people who flew in from across the state For the Alaska State Chambers fly-in um, And as we also invited the legislature So it should be a really nice crowd Lots of networking A really good opportunity to come out and see the governor Who are the people flying in? So, they're just members of the Alaska Chamber. I don't have the roster, but I think there's about 60 of them. They represent different businesses throughout the state of Alaska, and they, um, they come and they set up different meetings with the legislature. We have the advantage of being able to go and meet with our delegation anytime we want, but the Alaska Chamber does a really good job at coordinating it for people who don't live here.
0: Is this a luncheon with the governor, an annual event, or something special that happened this year?
1: Well, so it's not the first time he's been, or the uh, governor has been the speaker for the fly-in, but it's not necessarily guaranteed. We always try to have a really strong speaker for it, yeah. um, but this year we were lucky enough to get Governor Dunleavy.
0: Very good. So the tourism uh, season last year, you have a look-back now chance in January, and you analyze the numbers, the how did, how did everything shape up in your opinion and are you looking forward to a buildup of that this year
2: you know that was a, a big top, top topic of discussion at our, our board retreat yesterday and uh, it's actually n- number two on our priorities list for for this year is kind of kind of understanding port development and tourism related um, topics going into 2023 and uh, so yeah you know a lot of the uh, people within the industry are very pleased with how last year went. Uh, the number while, you know, it wasn't a record number by any means. It was a, it was a good rebound year. Um, you know, with all the challenges that we're having with, uh, labor shortages and costs going up, it was being able to slowly grow May, June, and then ramp up for July and August helped everybody recover from a year of nothing. And, uh, and so it was good, um, you know, so we're looking, I think there's talk of potentially that million dollar or not million dollar, million passenger number, um, but we're we're definitely keeping a close eye on it from the chamber perspective um, with Hoonah Totem's uh, plans to, to develop that subport lot and uh, the C- uh, city and borough assembly looking to adopt the visitor tourism uh, task force recommendations. So we'll stay, we're staying involved and on top of the topic for sure.
0: Wasn't the Huna, Huna Totem discussed yesterday?
2: I, I believe it's, I believe it's being discussed Thursday um, with the city. Okay, Thursday or Monday? I can't remember which date. But there's a, you know, there's an ordinance that they're look, the city's looking at for some survey, surveying of the port development, and uh, so that's kind of on topic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Huna Totem's meeting with a lot of people trying to just kind of work. I mean, their goal is to be open by May of 2025. That's what. They would, the schedule they would like to be on. So, what
0: what is the grand
2: scheme for that project? Oh gosh, I don't even want to begin to to go in <laughs> there. It's a big project. I mean, there's a massive uplands uh, project plus you know building out their own dock. Um, it's it's a big. I don't even know the total dollars being invested, but it's a, a large private investment in the waterfront of, of downtown Juneau.
0: Um, so this is like a major. Change to the whole atmosphere of downtown. You know, uh, it, of that waterway. Yeah. Uh, waterfront, I should say.
2: You know, and I think some people look at it as, as a positive from the uh, reducing some congestion because you bring a lot of the traffic to the front end of town versus past downtown, uh, which could be a positive. Um, you know, and it's, it, it from our understanding, it's not necessarily a change in number of ships. It's just that. They're not going to have to lighter out, you know, to anchor up and lighter everybody in. There's going to be a dock for them, uh, to, to dock at. So, numbers-wise, our understanding is it's it's really just trying to stick at that five ship target that was recommended in the visitor uh, task force. So,
0: why did they recommend five ships? What, what, how did that become the magic number?
2: Yeah, I think that's just a kind of a number of that the industry makes sense for the scheduling. It also seems to be a number that works for the number of docks that we have and potentially a fifth dock. Um, I mean, you can't have six docks. There's just no physical place. And, uh, and I don't think you can necessarily have a sixth ship anchoring with this new dock um, just because of traffic control. So
0: in the This would be five ships at one time maximum in the port and at the docks. And this would also be, how many passengers do you think you can withstand? Because so, I was talking to you off here last year Sitka had five ships for the first time docked. Mm-hmm. Some were lightering, some were docked. And it was pretty crowded. It was pretty overwhelming for businesses uh, you know which is a good thing in some respects but you were waiting in lines to get into restaurants and the streets were packed
2: yeah you know and Skagway had their landslides that impacted their docks so Sitka saw a lot of additional ships because of the relocation Um, did Juno? uh not Juno, because those stops come after us um, but Huna and Sitka both did um but it uh there's no, you, I don't believe legally you can put a limit on passengers. Um, and so obviously it depends on the size of the ships. And when we say five, uh, that's being recommended by the task force that was recommended by the task force It's the far five large ships, which is 800 passengers or more. So it would not affect the smaller, um, uncruised type operations that would still come into the area. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think they're still looking, you know, that to looking at a million plus for potentially twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four mm, passenger million, count, a million people. Yep, spending money. It's a great economic <laughs> driver for this region. I, I, I tell you that. I mean, with uh, you know, fishing's had its up and downs. Uh, state government, you know, is you know kind of gone up and down a little bit in terms of jobs in, in Juneau. So, uh, tourism's definitely jumped up. There is a major economic driver for for us.
0: Well, Maggie, you're surely earning your money to manage these tourists to make sure they have fun when they come here and promoting it.
1: You know, actually, we don't do a lot of tourism promotion. That is Travel Juno's re- wheelhouse. The oh. city the city does that with them. We, um, All the major cruise lines belong to the chamber, and we offer them support when they need it, and we promote them a lot. Um, we love seeing the economy of Juno do well, so the cruise ships do that for us it brings people to our front doors it brings your customers right down to downtown Um, so we are excited to see what this season looks like
0: what initiatives are you taking to accommodate this influx of passengers what have you talked how's the dialogue gone with the downtown businesses are they preparing for the onslaught
1: yeah i think everyone's going to have the same troubles we're all having which is finding employees is a little bit tricky this year but um, I know our, our members who own tourism businesses are being creative. They're offering housing incentives. They're buying vehicles to help their people when they come seasonally feel like they're more part of the community. Um, I think we're definitely going to see some challenges as far as getting employees back. But I think that's everywhere. I don't think that's specific to us or this industry.
2: And to your point on that, um, tourism best management practices is the the organization that spearheads uh, all the, I'll call it uh, logistics and organization and flow of the tourism. And so they're the ones that uh, set standards for tourists, tour operators, bus drivers, everything else. That's you know, not a chamber role. It's the tourism best management practice, and that's been around. I want to say since the, the '90s. I mean, it's it's a really strong group um, organization that is making sure that the the tourism impact doesn't ruin the you know local impact. You know, local residents enjoying their own hometown. So, yeah, it's busy downtown, but um, you know, it's you know, I can't imagine a world without them. Uh, I think the economic decline on this community would would hurt. So yeah. So no, I think tour tourism best management practice, travel Juno, uh, Downtown Business Association, I mean everybody's working to make sure that the tourists get a great experience, the businesses are set up for success and, and locals still can love Juno the way they do.
0: Would one million passengers be the record for visitors? No,
2: I believe twenty nineteen was about one point three. So Okay, so you're used to it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and we have so many awesome things for our visitors to do when they get here. We have so many companies who've stepped up and bought more buses, more boats, to try to, to make sure our visitors are getting down out of the downtown core and seeing more of Juneau, which is important, and not just benefits the downtown businesses, but our entire community.
0: Very good, I'm talking with John Blasco, president of the Chamber of Commerce in Juno, and Maggie McMillan, the executive director here at Action Line. We'll be back with more discussion. Business is good and looking better for the city. Action Line continues. K-I-N-Y. Welcome back. Action Line. Ken Smith in studio with John Blasco, president of the Chamber of Commerce in Juneau, and Maggie
2: McMillan, the executive director.
0: Hey, let's bring people here to work. But where are they going to live?
2: (laughs) Yeah, the old housing challenge, right? Of Juneau. Um, Of anywhere in Southeast. Yeah. No, it is. uh, You know, the no the geographic nature that we live by here um but also the cost to build so yeah we um you know chamber had its board retreat yesterday uh we do an annual retreat get together and we actually start by meeting with the city kind of hear what their kind of priorities are for the year and and give them an update on what the chamber's priorities are looking like for the 2023 year and uh Housing fell uh, right again at the top of the list, but North Douglas Crossing is was first on our list, kind of mainly because of the timing of potential funding for that project, and um, and also you know there's been a couple incidents incidences with the Douglas Bridge over the last couple of years that growing concern over safety for Douglas Island residents, but uh, North Douglas Crossing is is on there. Um, port development and tourism, as I mentioned earlier, which includes potential icebreaker from the U.S. Coast Guard being stationed here, and also the NCL pro- uh, Huna Totem Project for downtown. Housing, um, you know, so we created a, a subcommittee within our chamber uh, organization called the Housing and Development uh, Committee, and really what the focus is is we're bringing contractors uh, within Juno to the table, trying to work through some of their challenges and issues, and then on a quarterly basis we meet with the City Planning and Development to to kind of bring everybody to the table as to what are ways, what are some things that are inhibiting development uh, for new housing and and one of the things that uh, developers can do to improve and just kind of get everybody together to kind of really make sure that we're able to grow housing the way we need for our population to grow. Um, You know, we've kind of had a stagnant population for quite a while now, and we obviously have a summer influx of employees that are needed to help run all our businesses. So improving housing is important, Um, you know, and also making sure there's enough housing for legislature. And other big events, you know, conference Ironman, for example, you know, we, we ran into housing challenges with that last year. A um, couple other uh, key priorities for us is, you know, the property assessment uh, process, which was a big issue over the last year and a half. Um, child care continues to be a challenge everywhere you look in the nation, but uh, Juno's really facing a, a crunch right now um, with. I believe one childcare facility recently closing and, and we're just got to make sure that there's childcare because if we don't have childcare, we don't have people working. Um, so just working on that and, um, uh, public safety is another one that we want to make sure there's been some news lately about, um, JPD, Juno police department is, uh, has 12, uh, openings and, uh, and several people nearing eligible retirement. And so we've got to make sure that our Juno police department is fully staffed and, and so working with the city to create incentives and other things to, to attract new officers to Juno, um, or create excitement people within the industry to start going into that field. So those are a lot of our key priorities that the Chamber's looking at for 2023.
0: How does the Chamber dictate or assist in these very
2: difficult things you mentioned? Housing, I mean, how, how does the Chamber help in housing? Sure. I mean, I mean, we're such a strong advocacy group. You know, we have, a, you know, a lot of members uh, from all different industries and walks of life. And it's a lot about our ability to connect and find solutions with within the private sector, within the government sector. And just, you know, we're all we're business minded. Um, a lot of us would also have government backgrounds as well. So just trying to piece it all together to make sure we can find solutions for these things that are for the betterment of Juno as a whole. You know, we don't do things just for one specific company or anything that's just going to help a small. You know, we're trying. We try and think of we are the Greater Juno Chamber of Commerce, so we're thinking of the full area and, and how we can help Juno. So the
0: um, housing is something that I just don't know how you get around the lack of places to put houses. <laughs> you know, limited space is not going to change. It doesn't seem,
2: you know, so the city actually just did a really, uh, a really neat thing. So we, if you ever go online and just have some fun with the um, city and borough Juno's parcel viewer, you can look up all the land in Juno, And what they did was they actually created a, a separate link to that system that identifies all the undeveloped land whether it's privately owned or city owned. So if you go to their website and you track, go to that parcel viewer section, there's now a link that can show you basically all the vacant lots. You know, whether it's a small 7,000 square foot lot or a 10 acre parcel, um, anything that has the ability to be developed is is now there. So that's a tool that they kind of wanted to do to identify for builders, kind of areas to potentially build, uh, but also give the city a, a relook at Maybe there's some land that they could open up uh, if they choose to for 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 you know residential uh, development. So that's I think a first step because uh, you know yeah you drive around it's hard to tell what's what's buildable what's not what's owned by who. Um, you a know, lot of we, steep cliffs. Yes, we have a lot, <laughs> but uh, there's there's a lot, and I think that's a lot of why we also are strong supporters of the North Douglas Crossing. There's a lot of development that could happen in North Douglas um, that currently just doesn't make sense uh, with the access that there is in the, f- the fire and safety. So,
0: Maggie, what would you like to touch upon before we wrap up here?
1: Well, I just want to remind everyone one more time that we are switching to downtown luncheons until the end of session. So we're there until April, right, usually is when we depends on how long session goes this year um we will be kicking off um that with the governor this week and then just keep your eye out on your uh, newsletters every week for where we will be located and who our speakers will be
0: and if you're a business and you're not involved with the, the chamber why get involved
1: well we are as john said we're a great advocacy group we're also a really great um platform for networking business to business networking happens at all of all of our events Um, we're a really great organization that believes in the economic health of juno so if you're a business and you want to be part of that you should give us a call or go to junochamber.com how many
0: business members do you have
1: we have about last time i counted i think we were at 287
0: Two hundred eighty-seven businesses. Yes. How many businesses are in June, Do you think? What's the estimate of?
1: You know, I get this question all the time, and <laughs> when I finally figure it out, can I promise I'll share it with you? But it's not easy to find out. It's not just a list. It's 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 a little tricky.
2: And we do have um, we do have businesses. Uh, you know, the cruise lines are members. Uh, we have some uh, outfits out of. Uh, out of up, up north that are members um so it's not just you know um but it that's a lot of it for sure you know but uh yeah there's a lot more businesses than you realize when you just drive around thinking you see them all so hmm.
0: well uh very good and i look forward to we, we don't have the numbers yet of the cruise ship passenger a- estimates like uh, per cruise ship like which cruise ships are coming in and for 2023,
2: yeah, I, I have not seen that. Uh, we can look to see if we can get that from with, within the industry. I don't know that they've put out a public estimate yet for based on scheduling. I'm and
0: what sure. about the cruise calendar?
1: The schedule is up. Yeah, uh, Clear does a great job at making sure that it is updated almost before the last season's over. So that is up. Um, we will have it on our website. And uh, but if it's you, not there yet, it's not there yet. We're not. We haven't switched out of holiday and into spring season. But when we switch into spring, it goes straight onto our homepage.
0: Yeah, that's always helpful, especially for businesses trying to plan.
1: Oh yeah, so wanna we'll make sure you have as many people staffed on the days that you know there's going to be a lot of boats downtown.
0: Yeah, I used that a lot in Sitka. You would look at it and know, oh, five ships, seven thousand people in one ship. It's going to be a big day. <laughs> <laughs> You, you have to plan ahead as a resident, too. Mm-hmm. Helps us oh, yeah, to navigate. Sure. Yep. <laughs> All right. Very good. John Blasco, president of the Chamber of Commerce. Maggie McMillan, nice talking to you today. Thanks, Ken. Thank you for having us on.
2: Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. K-I-N-Y.